don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go. from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our Sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high and he is in charge. He is in the captain's chair, he's at the helm, behind the wheel, therefore he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life, so welcome to his hard line. Yeah. Today is Monday, October 2nd, 2023, and you are listening to episode 610, part A and B are combined today. We'll be doing a reading out of Job chapter 9 and... The second half of the show will be called Beyond Smoke and Mirrors. All right. I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer, and I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have any political degree or had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA or FBI. And while I am a member of the MGJA and encourage your engagement in the local general general assemblies, I am not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assembly. I also want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with uh, any other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, Russo Tactical, Civics, or any other organizations outside the Michigan motto. And I am not involved in any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Strait and Company. And furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for your violence of any kind unless you meet me at my doorstep with it, of course. I'm not a party to any deep state cult Freemasons, nor am I one of the many reprobative miscreants who are actively trying to implode the general general assemblies across this country. And please note that the opinion states thoughts and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational purposes, unless otherwise referenced. So there you go now. So I've, uh, 
start i'm still i'm still a little you know feeling a little whew, a little under the weather but you know what we're we're enough is enough I, I i finally had enough i i have to get back on the air i've had just enough energy to get to work and and do my day job but when i come home man just completely drained as you could probably hear i probably still sound a little plugged up but uh i am feeling much better but definitely uh i still got about yeah, i don't know five 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 six maybe seven percent lingering you know just trying to be an annoyance there um but anyways i, I enough was enough um this month i tell you september was a very challenging month let me tell you uh i'll spare details but the the enemy is for certain and when i say the enemy i'm talking the demons in the spirit and in the flesh the enemy is hard at work and has been trying not just me and my family but has been testing and trying to push and knock down many families that we know um trying to stir up marriages trying to cause divorces and, and break apart families and try to uh, cause children to act out, you know, in a way to, you know, possibly get their butts beat. You know, I mean, that Satan is working heavy overtime. There is no doubt. And, and, you know, you know, you are on the right path when you are just, you know, you're doing your thing, but at the same time, you're also doing it. You, you, you're working that plan that aligns with God, right? Because out of nowhere, you'll just bam you just get sidetracked just completely smack sucker punched right in the face out of nowhere and it'll knock you down and i'll tell you what i've had a few sucker punches myself this past month man but <clears throat> we shall keep getting up we keep persevering we keep moving forward and uh you know we just do our best to keep working the way god needs us to work all right so anyway, so let's get uh, let's get to it here. We're going to again. So the structure of the show, um, there is uh, sometimes, like I said, uh, there's going to be some days where some shows will be live and there's going to be some days where they're not going to be live. I'm just going to do recordings and then drop them like I have been or at least tried to before I got sick, um, where I'll have a, a part A, which is a Bible reading and then a part B, which is, you know, the second half of the show, if you will. And then if there's a part C, that's typically the educational part, right? So anyways, uh, that's how I'm going to kind of move forward uh, with these shows. If I do a live live, I'm going to start with the reading right out of the get go, maybe a funny video, and then we'll have like a little 15 to 20 second little break intermission of, of sorts, and then we'll get into the second part of the show. Okay. So, but first off though, I thought we could start off with a little bit of a, a little dose of comedy. Um, and the, <laughs> my wife showed me this one day over breakfast and <laughs> I, I feel this man's pain. Uh, I really do. Actually, I shouldn't say feel this man's pain, but I feel the torment of this man's pain because of what his wife is, uh, attempting to put him through. Now, this is all a joke, of course, but he doesn't realize it. Um, but I could definitely understand this guy's agony, mental anguish, and his emotions being stirred up that they were. Uh, let's give this video, it's about a little over three minutes long, uh, but this lady, <laughs> this guy, it's a young couple, she's filming him, and she pretty much gives him a heart attack. Let's, let's, <laughs> let me get the video up. This is just, this is just priceless. Here, listen. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, what? <laughs> Dylan, I'm sorry. You're not gonna forgive me. 
What did you do this time, Shelby? I can't tell you. When you are so startled that you have to speak <laughs> out loud, oh no, you have to tell me. That's part of marriage. We work on things. When have I not forgiven you in the past? Well, I've not ever done anything this bad. Shelby! Dylan! What are you doing to me? I'm hurting. You're making me hurt. I'm sorry. What did you do? I can't take this any longer. I accidentally bought my cart. <gasps> no! <laughs> I've seen how much your cart costs. How do you accidentally buy the cart? Your finger slipped. Your finger just slips and purchases and puts in our credit card information and our address and just slips and hits confirm. And then it says, are you sure you want to confirm this purchase? And it slips and says, oh, I'm sure. And then it says again, are you sure? Are you for sure? Sure. Are you sure you want to make this for sure purchase? Are you sure? And, and it slips to the yes. Well, you need to unslip it. Why are you laughing so much? It's not funny. It's a nervous laugh. How much did you pay for? It was only $1,300. <sighs> I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> How do you just accidentally pay for $1,300 worth of crap? My finger slipped. No, it did not. It's all necessities. We need these things. You need them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard what that. What something on there that you needed? A mini foldable portable electric treadmill. A treadmill? <laughs> Walking is free. <laughs> it's free to walk. And we're, we're spending $1,300 to walk. Well, it's free. What are we gonna do? How, how do we recover from this? Can you send stuff like that Damn back? It. Can, you, can you unslip your finger? It was a joke. I haven't been that flustered <laughs> since someone put a banana in my pants and turned a monkey loose. <laughs> I thought that you knew better, but sometimes I wonder. Why don't you just exit out of that website so this doesn't happen? I was going to ask, could I, could I buy it? No! <laughs> Not after all that! Please! No, no, no. That ship has sailed. That banana fell off the tree. Oh, my God. That guy, that guy, that, that guy was something else. That was funny. And my wife puts here in the chat. No, not really. Because the girl says, but we need these things. Now, my wife has never done it. Because she did say, for the record, I've never done this. Okay. To her defense, no, she has not. However, she has said, oh, but we need this. I'm like, what? We do not need X, Y, and Z. Get out of here with that. <laughs> but she's never done the, oops, my finger slipped. <laughs> the, the, oh, it's better to ask for forgiveness than uh, than permission, right? <laughs> but the guy, I'll, I'll post the video. The video, this guy's eyes bulge out like a bug. Because he has a normal looking face at the very beginning of the video when she's like, oh, no. And like his eyes bulge out like Beetlejuice. And he's like, oh, what? Like, yeah, it was it was pretty comical. All right. 
well, enough of the comedy hour there. So let's move onward and forward, shall we? All right. So we're going to get into the reading of Job chapter nine. All right. Then Job answered and said, truly, I know it is so, but how can a man be righteous before God? If one wished to contend with him, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. God is wise in heart and mighty in strength, who has hardened himself against him and prospered. He removes the mountains. Hold on, let me adjust something on my mic here. Okay. I think I got it here. Forgive me, it's going to be, a, you, you're, you're getting rusty, Jason, today. All right. He removes the mountains and they do not know when he overturns them in his anger. He shakes the earth out of its place, and its pillars tremble. He commands the sun, and it does not rise. He seals off the stars. He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He made the bear Orion and the Pallades and the chambers of the south. He does great things past finding out, yes, wonders without number. If he goes by me, I do not see him. If he moves past, I do not perceive him. If he takes away, who can hinder him? Who can say to him, what are you doing? God will not withdraw his anger. The allies of the proud lie prostrate beneath him. How then can I answer him and choose my words to reason with him? For though I were righteous, I could not answer him. I would beg mercy of my judge. If I called and he answered me, I would not believe that he was listening to my voice. For he crushed me with a tempest and multiplies my wounds without cause. He will not allow me to catch my breath, but fills me with bitterness. If it is a matter of strength, indeed, he is strong. And if of justice, who will appoint me, appoint my day in court? Though I were righteous, my own mouth would condemn me. Though I were blameless, it would prove me perverse. I am blameless, yet I do not know myself. I despise myself or my life. Excuse me. I despise my life. It is all one thing. Therefore, I say, he destroys the blameless and the wicked. If the scourge slays suddenly, he laughs at the plight of the innocent. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covers the faces of its judges. If it is not he, who else could it be? Now my days are swifter than a runner. They flee away. They see no good. They pass by like swift ships, like an eagle swooping on its prey. If I say, I will forget my complaint, I will put off my sad face and wear a smile. I am afraid of all my sufferings. I know that you will not hold me innocent. If I am condemned, why then do I labor in vain? If I wash myself with snow water and cleanse my hands with soap, yet you will plunge me into the pit and my clothes will abhor me. For he is not a man as I am, that I may answer him and that we should go to court together. Nor is there any mediator between us who may lay his hand on us both. Let him take his rod away from me and do not let dread of him terrify me. Then I would speak and not fear him, but it is not so with me. And that is the reading of Job chapter 9, verses 1 through 35. Excuse me. So, in the opening verses of Job, and I know it's been a while since we read chapter 8, seems like forever, but Job acknowledges the the vastness of God's wisdom and power, uh, recognizing that we as people 
uh, we can hardly comprehend the full context or the full extent and probably context, but the full extent of his greatness. And this often prompts us to reflect on our own humility in the face of the divine, right? Our heavenly father. And so Job's words, I think, tend to challenge us to uh, contemplate the unanswerable questions of righteousness before God. He speaks of the impossibility of contending with God, highlighting our limitations and the sheer magnitude of God's might. And it's a reminder that we, as mere mortals, right, just basic men and women, should approach our faith with awe and reverence. Now, this chapter vividly portrays God's dominion over nature, and from moving mountains to controlling the cosmos, uh, this definitely reinforces the notion that God's power is beyond human grasp, without question. Yet it also reminds us of his profound role as the creator and sustainer of our world. Now, one of the most powerful aspects of this chapter is Job's recognition of the absence of a mediator between God and humanity. And I find that quite interesting myself because I've always thought about that. I wish there was a mediator between God and man. Right. Because then like you can like really hear God's answers. But I guess that's why we have discernment. Right. But this absence underscores the yearning for someone to bridge the gap between us and God and, you know, a figure to stand as an advocate for our needs and to provide solace in times of hardship. But what can we glean from this? Right. Like it's an it's an invitation to reflect on the role of faith in our lives and the importance of humility and yearning for spiritual guidance and support. So when life's trials weigh us down, like it has for me this past month and my wife and many others that I know, and I'm sure many of you out there, I'm sure that we are longing for that mediator right now, right? That comforter who can help us make sense of our suffering. Like, why are we going through this, God? would really like to know, and I would really like to have an answer. But see, in our own lives, we often encounter challenges and difficulties, as we have this month for sure. Um, I can't say that enough. It's been such a challenging month, and it seems insurmountable. But we, too, may long for a mediator and someone to intercede on our behalf and to make sense of our struggles. And while Job may not find a mediator in this chapter, we are fortunate to live in a time when we can turn our faith to prayer and to support one another, right? Because we're, what, two or more, three or more are gathered, right? He is present. And so when we're faced with the storms of life, you know, we must find strength in the knowledge that we are not alone and we have the ability to support and uplift one another in our own families in our own communities in our own churches we can be the mediators of love compassion and understanding my wife was just writing right here pastors are technically a mediator 
And I would agree with that. She says they are the shepherds and mediators of spiritual growth and guidance between God and congregation. And yes, I would agree with that. However, they still fall to the same, the same, uh, how do I want to say it? The same challenges that we have, because like we have struggles, pastors also have struggles. My wife went to a service where the pastor fully explained that he had been struggling himself. Now, I don't know the details of that. I was at work, but uh, it's a church that my neighbor plays drums uh, in their band for. And so even though pastors are good mediators, yes, they also are subject to the same challenges and hardships that we are faced with. Even priests, it don't matter. If you have a heart and you're pumping blood, you're subject to the same, the same challenges. Now, Job's words teach us that even in our darkest of times, that we can find the courage to speak out and to seek answers and to trust in God's plan, even when we don't fully comprehend it. And we can be inspired by Job's faith and endurance because, like I said, you know, he didn't really have that. He didn't have a pastor, right? He didn't have that mediator, if you will. Like I said, we could all be mediators for everybody, right? We could be a mediator for a pastor or priest because again we all fall subject to the same things and so that kind of should serve us as a it should let us remember that in our own lives that we are not without hope and we are not without mediators either as long as we have each other right we have a community of brothers and sisters we have a community of mediators amongst each other right for we have not only each other, but most importantly, we have the faith. And we may not always understand the reasons behind our trials, but we can choose. That's a very key word I'm going to emphasize here. We can choose to trust in a higher purpose. And so I want to say, let us strive to be the mediators of kindness and empathy. And let us be mediators of love in a world that so often craves these kind of qualities. And in doing so, we honor the lessons of Job, embracing the mysteries of life with faith, resilience, and commitment to be a source of hope and strength for one another. And the most important lesson that we can learn from Job chapter 9 is the significance of humility and reverence in our relationship with Father in heaven and in your approach to the mysteries of life. See, Job's recognition of God's vast wisdom and power highlights the importance of acknowledging our own limitations in the awe-inspiring nature of God. Now, by embracing humility, we open ourselves up to a deeper understanding of our faith and a greater appreciation for the complexities of life and, and it encourages us, it, it encourages us to approach questions and challenges with an open heart and recognizing that some aspects of existence may remain beyond human comprehension. Now, ultimately, Job chapter nine teaches us to maintain 
uh, a sense of humility, awe, and respect in our spiritual journey, reminding us that despite the uncertainties and the mysteries of life, and boy, are there many mysteries, we need to remember that our faith can be a source of strength and guidance. And I tell you what, that faith, you can ask my wife, that faith has been tested. Boy, has it been tested. Now, has it been tested to the point of breaking? No, not even close. But it has been tested. It has been very, very tested. I think for good reason, because when you have good people working against evil forces, I guess I wouldn't expect anything less from the enemy. I would not expect to be just left alone and to not have any arrows or, you know, any type of ammunition being slung our way. I, I mean, it, I, that, would, that would just be silly to assume that that would be the case. When you're working against evil and you're fighting against evil and to bring about a righteous resolve, of course you're going to get have arrows slung at you. You're going to get sucker punched. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get pummeled in some cases. Of course that's going to happen. That's, that goes without saying. If you're not if you're not being tested, then you're not doing something right. What are you doing with your life? And I'm not saying that to be critical. If you're not being tested, then you're not doing something right. You can't just stay in your own little bubble and have it be happy joy world here. Like if you're not getting tested, then you're not maybe it's possible that you might not be working actively to live a purposeful, meaningful life. I mean, basically what I'm saying is if you're just, you know, you're going to work, you're doing your thing, you're running that hamster wheel called a J-O-B, just over broke, right? At work, blah, 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 blah. You're running that hamster wheel and you come home, you get your dinner together and you sit down, you plop down, you watch Netflix and you binge watch Netflix and you scroll on Facebook and you're doing this and you're doing that and you're calling your friends and you're talking to them for about an hour, hour and a half. You go to bed, you do it all over again come the weekend, you go to the bar, you go night clubbing or go to the movies with your girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever it is you do. And there's really no purpose to life. You're just, you're just kind of going through the, you know, you're just going through the, 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 the motions, right? You're not, you're not, you know, involved in the assembly or you're not involved with volunteering or doing youth ministry or, 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 or being a, a friend to that couple down the street that's having marital issues. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're not doing something of that magnitude, then you're never going to be tested. But as long, but when you do things of that magnitude, you're going to get tested and you're going to get knocked out because Satan does not like people who work on God's behalf. He does not like the mediators. He hates the mediators. He hates the ones who work as a soldier for God and Jesus Christ. He hates that. And like Oscar says right here, iron sharpens iron for the crucible of life. Sometimes we need to go back, uh, go back to the kiln to relieve the dross. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. So, um, so with this part, a six ten part a of the podcast, we are going to end here in prayer. I'll do a, we're going to have just a quick little like 20 second break. I'm not going to end the show. The show is going to keep going, but I'm going to have like a little 20, 25 second little break. And then we'll be right back 
But after the prayer, I do want to play a song on YouTube here on my phone that I absolutely enjoyed. I listened to it. It was the perfect song that I needed yesterday. I turned on the message radio station on Sirius XM in my semi. And just with everything we had going on, this was the first song that I heard yesterday. And it just moved me in such a way that I never thought a song could move me. And I've listened to a lot of good songs and I've been moved in a lot of different ways by songs, but this one really was something you could tell God was talking to me. Like I didn't need a mediator for this one. God was talking to me through this song for sure. I guess that's kind of not true because the artist would be, I guess the mediator in this, I guess, particular case. But um, I, I I don't want to overlook this comment. Destry was saying right here, if you do not, if you do not make enemies from time to time, then, you are a coward. That's it. That's absolutely true. Uh, that is absolutely true. I couldn't, I couldn't have stated that better myself. So let's do the prayer and then I'll play the song. It's by uh, Laura Story. It's called uh, Blessings. It's a really good song. But dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> excuse me, as we gather together um, here on this first podcast back after it seems like a forever absence, we continue to be inspired by the wisdom of Job's words, and, and we come before you in humble reverence, and we acknowledge the vastness of your wisdom and your strength, and we seek your guidance in our journey through the mysteries of life. And we pray for the strength to be unwavering in our faith, especially when the fog of uh, uncertainty surrounds us. In this spiritual and informational battle, we ask that you help us stand strong. And you help us stay steadfast and firm. Give us the courage to be beacons of light, uh, spreading love, being that mediator on your behalf, right? Spreading compassion and understanding in a world that is so that so often yearns for it. Grant us the determination to be mediators of hope. And even when answers seem elusive, we lift up those with unspoken prayers in their heart, right? Special intentions. You know their, their desires of their souls. And we ask that you hear and answer their deepest needs, bless them with your grace, comfort them with your presence, and grant them the strength to carry on. And we also bring before you those who are facing health issues, like I, my coworker at work with his wife. We pray for his wife who's dealing with breast cancer. We pray for my mother-in-law who's still recovering from her surgery. And we, I pray for my wife, for her health and betterment of her health and the things we got going on there and just anybody and everybody who needs it. We pray for the marriages out there that are struggling spouses. And we just, we pray and, and declare the enemy Satan to be condemned and cast back down into hell because he is not going to win. And we pray for the healing for anybody out there that needs it, both body and spirit. And may your restorative touch, bring them comfort, strength and renewal and with the healers, and, 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 and be with the healers like the doctors and the caregivers, the real doctors, the real caregivers. Guide their hands and their heart as they work to bring relief and healing. And, and we offer this prayer with gratitude from your guidance or for your guidance and support. And we do so in faith, believing that you hear our supplications and answer them in your perfect time. And in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So before we get into part B of the podcast, I want to play this song. It's called Blessings by Laura Story. What a really good song. I absolutely love this song.
we pray for blessings we pray for peace comfort for family protection while we sleep we pray for healing for prosperity and we pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering and all the while you hear each spoken need yet love is way too much to give us lesser things because what if your blessings come through raindrops what if your healing comes through tears and what if a thousand sleepless nights so what it takes to know you're near and what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise when friends betray us when darkness seems to win we know the pain reminds this heart that this is not this is not our home it's not our home what if your blessings come through raindrops what if your healing comes through tears and what if a thousand sleepless nights or what it takes to know you're near and what if my greatest disappointments or the achings of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy and what if trials of this life the rain the storms the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise Uh, what a great song. What a great song. I heard that yesterday for the first time and I just was blown away. I was like, what a good, what a good message that was. Because I mean, she just nailed it with, with everything that she said in that song. It just, anyway, it's, so her name is Laura story, like a storybook, Laura story. And the song is called blessings. If you want to check it out uh, i will i will find the video and i will post it on my telegram but yeah i i just really was i felt moved by that song what a good song so anyways um so give us about uh give me about 26 seconds or so and uh, i'll be right back in the mix and we'll start part b of the show called beyond smoke and mirrors all right we'll be right back
All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you what, it is certainly a <laughs> oh man, I don't even know how 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 to even lead in with this. Um. Well, first off, before I even get into that story, because something at work happened that just it just really baffled me. But let me get into this. I, I want to start off with another comical uh, little comedy real quick. It's only 32 seconds. Um, I personally think this was a put on, of course. Uh, this is a cop who pulled uh, somebody over or approached him because he apparently parked in a handicapped spot when he shouldn't have. Um, but just listen to this. Either way, put, you know, staged or not, this is funny. Mental health day. Once again, I commend you for that. Unfortunately, you can't do it while parked illegally in a handicapped space. It's a huge inconvenience for those in the community that actually have disabilities, some of which are veterans of our country's military. All right. I am going to help you avoid paying a really expensive fine today by giving you this fix it ticket. To fix what? Is that a Ukrainian flag hanging from your rear view that says Biden 2024 on it? Yes. Yes, okay. it is. Okay. So you are retarded. This gives you two weeks to consult with your care provider, get some sort of a certification or a diagnosis that proves so. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so good. Is that a Ukrainian flag there in your mirror that says Biden 2024? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, you won't, you are retarded. So there you go. <laughs> oh, that was great. I forgot somebody sent that to me on Telegram or they posted it on my Telegram channel in the chat. And uh, I think it's uh, that was just absolutely hilarious. Just absolutely hilarious. And the reason I play that, okay, folks, the reason I play that is because I hate to say it, but sadly, there are a lot of really just, I don't, I'm trying to be nice here. There are a lot of very challenging people out there. Very, I mean, and look, I know I can't be easy to deal with. I know. Ask my wife. But here's the thing, folks. It, it baffles me to say that, you know, or to, okay, let me collect my thoughts for a second. It baffled, it baffles me to see where the mindset of many people in today's world is, is at. Like the other week, <clears throat> just a week and a half ago, or so ish i was delivering fuel at a murphy station up in cadillac and i meticulously arranged my cones okay i have about six of them on my truck or on my trailer and it's a very wide open space that leaves me exposed to a lot of cars so i arranged the cones in such a fashion creating a clearly designated work zone to signify it is a designated no-go zone and this zone was meant exclusively for yours truly right the authorized personnel such as myself and nobody else or their vehicles during the fuel unloading process all right so additionally i should note that these cones also serve as a warning to passing cars signaling Hey, caution, there is equipment connected to this truck, to the ground, and there's highly explosive and flammable materials flowing into the ground, which you people purchase to put in your combustible motors so you guys can continue driving. 
So if you're operating a vehicle with an ignition source, you might want to stay a little clear of my work zone, right? You would think. Now, however, to my astonishment, I tell you, to my astonishment, it seemed that someone driving a pickup truck misinterpreted my cones as what you would think they thought was a makeshift driving course. I kid you not, folks. This driver of this pickup truck attempted to squeeze through a very narrow gap between two closely positioned cones right by the fuel pump, right? And I, I, I put these really close together, so it was what I thought evident that, hey, I should not be driving through this section here. And if I do, I'm going to hit this guy's equipment. Now, seemingly oblivious to the imminent danger, the, this response here is so in response, this guy has already now got his pickup truck halfway into my work zone. So my response was I raised my voice, not loud, but loud enough to where he can hear me with the windows rolled up to try to attempt to get his attention. Now, he stopped for a brief moment, but then he appeared that he didn't think that I was yelling at him. Then he inexplicably proceeded to move forward again, disregarding the warnings and all the amazingly brightly colored cones. <laughs> so I resorted to loud, you know, shouting louder, and I even pounded on the side of his truck. I'm like, hey, I'm like, yo, you can't go through there, dude. What are you doing? Back up. I don't know what he was thinking, but he appeared so perplexed. He looked at me like I had three heads. He was completely oblivious to the significance of the cones in that area where there was clearly a six-inch hose connected from my trailer to the ground. And if he would have considered moving forward, he would have ran that over and caused a huge spill, a huge freaking spill. And I'm not talking some geriatric senior citizen this was a guy who seemed to be very well capable of driving a vehicle i mean <clears throat> i emphasize that vehicles should not enter the zone i told him i said look i said you you can't go through here like i try to keep my cool because the last thing i want to do is yell at people but i also don't want to be an early firework display for fourth of july and I told him, I said, these cones are indicated out here for a reason, and they're they're out here in numbers for a reason. They're, it's not a driving course. It's to keep people out. What are you doing? Oh my God, it was it was so frustrating. This driver just looked at me like I said, I like I had three heads. It was baffling. At how, you know, it's baffling at how audacious some people can be. Right. The lack, the, the alarming lack of common sense genuinely unnerves me. It really does. And it makes me question how people even get through their daily lives. It really does. Like these are the people that vote like, like Leslie Liberty says, and these are the people we're trying to wake up. Yeah, exactly. I don't get it. And I absolutely have no clue how many people out there who are among the motoring public seem to not have the biggest clue. I mean, we're the biggest thing in the parking lot when we're unloading fuel. We are the biggest thing, 130,000 pounds of freaking fuel and truck and, and, and aluminum and steel. We are the biggest thing in the parking lot, but yet somehow people manage to drive so close to us to the point of hitting our trucks and trailers. How? I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. <clears throat> okay. So when someone describes a situation as smoke and mirrors, Um, 
they, they, they are suggesting that it involves the use of tactics to create an illusion, right, or false perception. And the term is often used in contexts where things seem more elaborate, impressive, or mysterious than they truly are, right? It's, a, <clears throat> it's, like, a, it's like a magician's performance, right? A magician uses smoke and mirrors to make their tricks seem extraordinary and baffling. But in reality, it's all about misdirection and clever techniques. Now, similarly, let me take a sip of water here. <clears throat> like I said, folks, I'm about 90 to 95% there. I'm still kind of dealing with a little something, something there. But... <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but similarly, when people refer to something as smoke and mirrors, they mean that what's being presented might seem impressive, right, on the surface but it's likely a distraction or an attempt to hide the actual truth or flaws in the situation. Now, this phrase can be applied to various scenarios, such as in politics and marketing and even, you know, personal relationships where someone is trying to create a misleading image or trying, you know, they're trying to divert attention away from the real issues. It's, uh, it's kind of a way of cautioning that one should be skeptical and look beyond the surface to uncover the genuine nature of the situation. Like April K was saying, the use of smoke and mirrors is what they use to create the entire vax industry. That's exactly right. And it's intriguing to observe recent events in the context of how our, our country is being governed under the continuity of government. Like, for instance, like the passing of uh, the passing away of Diane Feinstein, right, from California. And I know this might be old news because this happened a few days ago and I haven't been on the air. But, uh, you know, these are the notes that I had. <laughs> Um, but you know, the passing of Diane Feinstein, let's not forget who also employed a Chinese spy as her driver for 20 years and had connections to a car that had a license plate in China with her last name on it. But yet people want to glorify this lady. Okay. And then there's the, so now, now, okay. And then the, I'll just say this. Then there's the supposed retirement of Mark Milley, right? The, the controversial figure often referred to as a TV general, right, due to his actions regarding China. Now, while it's worth noting that some of his, you know, this information comes from a, a satirical website called Real Raw News, and yes, I did say Real Raw News, it's, you know, they say in the About Us part of the page, this is for entertainment and satir sat satirical purposes. But it is essential to kind of look beyond the satire. Because satirical sites often mix elements of truth with humor. Now, while I think 90 to 95% of their content content may be satire, you know, the remaining 5 to 10%, I think, has a basis in reality. See, some individuals mentioned on the website have reportedly been arrested and sent to Guantanamo Bay. That would be Mark Milley. And they seem to have vanished from the public eye afterwards. Now, this coincides with the impeachment proceedings against President Biden, or fake Biden, right? You, Dianne Feinstein's passing and Mark Milley's retirement, you know, the, these, see, these are just observations that I think are worth noting because it's crucial to approach uh, these claims with skepticism and not take them as established facts. Again, folks, just do some of your own research, right? Do your own research. Look beyond the satire, but question everything. 
And also let me remind you all not to forget about the FEMA and the FCC National Alert System test that will be occurring also on this Wednesday. I don't I want to make sure I don't forget that. October 4th. I think if I heard correctly, the should be right around 2 222 or 2 p.m. Eastern time, I believe. I last I checked, I have to get back to you on that. But I know it's going to be October 4, right around the two o'clock hour-ish Eastern time. So don't forget about that. But <laughs> that's right, Destry. Destry is saying she passed away. Where is the body? Gitmo? <laughs> yeah, that's what the news says. I think she's been Gitmoed. That's me personally, right? Just like, again, because like I said, Mark Milley supposedly had a retirement, and I use that in air quotes, a retirement party. Okay, well, I think that's kind of interesting because, again, Real Raw News said that he was arrested and sent to Gitmo, and Mark Milley was saying, you can't do this to me because I am working secretly with Trump to help awaken people, blah, 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 blah. Well, obviously, uh, after his arrest, Trump supposedly, again, part of the satire, folks, this is all part of the satire but apparently apparently if the conversation occurred if the conversation occurred trump basically said no he's not working with me oscar says i speculate she was git mode years ago i think so too i think so too i'm, I'm with you on that i think a lot of people have been git mode already we're just now seeing stories of them passing away now i mean it's amazing it really is astounding Right. To see how many people are dropping like flies or retiring. Now, as we kind of come together to work towards a common purpose, whether if it's reassembling the states or to restore our republic, it's crucial to remember that the significance of cautious vigilance, because our movement. Is a collective effort of many states. Right. And we have to safeguard its integrity. See, in any cause, there are various individuals out there who try to infiltrate and manipulate the movement for their own personal gain or hidden agendas. And it's a challenge that we all face, and it doesn't pertain to any specific ideology. It's, it, it's a concern, actually, that spans the entire spectrum of reassembly. So let's keep our focus on the core principles and objectives that unite us. See, what binds us is a shared vision for a better future, right? A restored republic, a, a return to true freedom. And it's not our political labels that unite us. It, it has nothing to do with politics. But what we need to do is we need to recognize that our allies are those who support our mission, right? Those who support the reassembly of states, not those who undermine it. <clears throat> And the allies of ours are those who support our missions, are those who are working for the people of America who don't, who, how do I want to say this, who don't know what's going on, right? Like they, they are the ones who are the true servants of Christ and God's people. They, they just, they want to help serve humanity. And to address this challenge, critical thinking is our greatest tool. See, we have to evaluate individuals based on their actions and values. And yes, we must recognize their political affiliations as well and who they surround themselves with because they could be paid agents whose mission is to destroy the assemblies. And I bet there are a lot of de facto government elites out there who would love nothing more 
or at least the hand puppets of the elites who would love nothing more than to implode the assembly, right? So they can remain in power for just a little while longer rather than look to those, you know, rather than look for those who are aligned with our goals and are genuinely committed to the cause. I can't let this uh, comment be overlooked either. Um, Cause Destry is absolutely correct. Uh, somebody was also uh, that I know alluded to this, but Trump let it out uh, not that long ago that he is in his second term. Uh, five months, I believe. And Destry was saying, uh, that's what Oscar was saying, five months. And Destry also put in here, a president cannot be changed out during a declaration of war as Trump declared against China. And that is right. We have been at, at basically at war. And so when we are in a, you know, when we are at war, presidents technically cannot change out. Commander in chief cannot change out. But yet he also says they are scared of Trump, but they are terrified of our assemblies. And that's why I think they're working so very hard to sideline us. See, our movement thrives on inclusivity and open dialogue, right? We embrace diverse perspectives and ideas. Because why? Because they enrich our discussions, right? And, in, you know, it, it, it inspires thought. Right. They don't want free thinkers. They want mindless drones. But the people in assembly. Who are working for the righteous cause, it leads to more effective solutions, right? We cannot be one sided in our thinking, but we must be, you know, I will say this. We must be one sided in restoring freedom and sovereignty to the people. I will be one sided on that. I will not work on the opposing side of that. I want freedom and sovereignty for the rest of America. And in building our community, we can identify and address, you know, potential infiltrators while maintaining a positive and constructive atmosphere. So I say let's commit to elevating our discourse and let's have respectful and civil conversations as a hallmark of successful, uh, you know, in this successful movement as we reassemble our states. We need to avoid derogatory language. We need to avoid stereotypes, right? And it's easy to do, but these kind of things kind of only hinder our progress, right? We want to watch, we want to watch those who continually try to object pointlessly and obfuscate. See, these are the people, these people have shown their hands. Now we know what to look for. Now we know what to look for. And above all, our focus must remain on solutions and our shared objectives. When concerns arise, arise about infiltrators or detractors, let's address them immediately and collectively. Okay, you have to be diligent on this, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to your assembly, because the strength of our assembly lies in our ability to come together for a common cause under father in heaven and will safeguard that unity by staying true to our core values and maintaining open and respectful dialogue. But see, these people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to do that. And like Oscar was saying, you know, the people have the power. Yes, they do. We just have to unlock the knowledge and wisdom suppressed. And then Destry says, well, the knowledge is unlocked, which it is. But the problem is, is getting that horse to drink. And he's absolutely correct on that. 
and I will agree with um, that dude Sean on here is the screen name. He was saying that they have been very aggressive, meaning the enemy, right? The 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 uh, the agents who are trying to sideline Americans, sideline the people. He says they have been very aggressive, burning Hawaii, Operation Warp, Speed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, absolutely correct. Now, what do we need to be looking for with these individuals? Because there is a certain kind of mindset with these people. I know we're going to go a little past an hour, but you know, first live show. Forgive me, my time management kind of sucks. I started a little late, but um, there is a study out there that studied uh, a large portion of liberals, right? Left-leaning people. And uh, I believe this was done, what was it? November 26, 2022. This is Leftist Psychology 101. So studies on leftists, and, and I bring this up for a reason, just bear with me here, okay? And if this is offending you, well, then you're probably not meant to be uh, part of the listening audience for this show because... Uh, it will offend you because especially we talk a lot about Jesus over here and yes, men are men and women are women. There's no, they, them or non-binary that doesn't exist over here. So bye-bye. But studies have shown uh, as far as leftist, psych, you know, psychological traits have consistently found that leftists are more likely to exhibit manipulative self-serving and generally antisocial personality traits they also display low disgust sensitivity <laughs> that's true uh these people typically are likely to be envious they're spiteful they're self-interested they're more willing to harm innocent people for the quote greater good yeah sounds like the typical narcissists that are trying to implode the assemblies in my opinion but these people are more likely to be, like I said, narcissistic, psychopathic, and Machiavellian. And for those of you who don't know uh, what Machiavellian means, it refers to a way of thinking or, uh, or behaving, which is characterized by cunning, deceit, and uh, a willingness to manipulate others for personal gain or to achieve one's objectives, which we have a lot of those people. We have a lot of those people. And the term derives from the Italian diplomat and philosopher uh, Niccolo Machiavelli, who is known for his book, The Prince. And in this book, Machiavelli discusses political strategies and tactics, including the idea that sometimes rulers must employ. Listen to this. He implies that sometimes rulers must employ cunning and sometimes morally, morally questionable means to maintain power and control. That's right. Thus being described as Machiavellian often implies a person is shrewd, unscrupulous, and strategic in their actions and sometimes to the detriment of others. And that is exactly what I have been witnessing here in the, well, in the MGJA with some of these afusticators. Destry knows exactly who I'm talking about. But these people are more neurotic and mentally ill. They're dislodged to say the least. I mean, when you look at these people in their eyes, you almost see demons living in their headspace. I'm serious. I'm not even kidding. You see demons living in the flesh there. These people are more likely to display lower emotional intelligence. They're impaired and they have impaired threat detection. I mean, they exhibit weaker and uh, less masculine characteristics, if you will, right? 
that are not conducive to success in the human civilization. And, and finally, I think that here's the thing. Their moral worldview, their moral worldview is primarily focused on harm avoidance and fairness, and I say that in quotes, and disproportionately low in-group loyalty, lack of respect for the law of the land, and sanctity of life. That's what these people are all about. They don't care about law and order. They don't, call, they don't care about the rule of law. My wife was even saying, you can even feel the darker souls in some. You absolutely can. You absolutely can. Their combined physical and psychological characteristics explain everything you need to know about their worldview. Look, they believe that life is unfair, right? Because they are short, they're weak, they're ugly, they're whatever, they're this or that, right? Right? Which causes neuroticism, which leads to self-obsession and spiteful envy. That's what all that leads to. They lose all concern for group interest, and they're only interested in improving their own standing. That's true. That's absolutely true. And as they cannot get ahead in fair competition, they resort to, oh, I don't know, underhanded, manipulative, and psychopathic strategies. I've witnessed this firsthand with about 25 to 28 reprobates here in the MGJA. And yes, they are being dealt with. This manifests as behaviors like victimhood and virtue signaling gaslighting, and other forms of coercion and emotional abuse. Pretty much what a narcissist engages in, right? Starting to see the kind of the bigger picture here, folks. These people are sick, and this type of ideology can thus be summarized as an attempt to climb the social ladder via underhanded tactics, uh, you know, while trying to eliminate the competition by promoting equality, bringing everyone down to their level, because they don't know how to rise up to the higher level. They don't know how to put forward good inf- put put forth good effort to to be you know to to get up at a higher level. See, that's what these reprobates do as well within the assembly. See, it's a strategy for losers. I'm just going to say it. It's a strategy for losers. In fact, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought I had I thought I had Where is it at? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I do have it. Trump says it best right here because it is a strategy for losers. What what do you say, Trump? We have losers. We have losers. That's right. We do have losers. We have about 25 to 28 of them. And this is what they do. They take power and resources from the winners. That's what they do. And when they can't do things on their own, they will do whatever they can to pirate and scavenge off the hardworking, righteous people who have done it the proper way. And this is in plain view for all of us to witness within our own perspective, our own respective assemblies as we watch these reprobates incriminate themselves in their obvious actions. (laughs) Oscar's Oscar's like says, I love dealing with the gaslighters on on a daily basis. (laughs) I bet you do. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. That's why I drive a truck. I I don't want to deal with people. But I found this to be a really relevant considering the types of individuals that we are dealing with, right? Because there may be people 
who are assembly members, right? And I use that term loosely, that claim to be this, that, and the other, right? They claim, they, they try to convince you that they are patriots. They, they try to you know, convince you that they are supporters of freedom and sovereignty. But you have to understand what some of these operatives are capable of and what their qualitative traits look like. See, the very people who try to implode the reassembly of states and the joint efforts of restoring this republic are the very same people described in this segment who are very narcissistic and psychopathic in nature. Again, know your enemy and how they operate and why. Like Oscar was saying, they will be known by the fruits of their, uh, they, will, they will be known by their fruits. Yes. There's so much more that I could say on what's going on. I mean, it's really astounding to see kind of what's taking place on the world stage, kind of shifting gears a little bit. I mean, I know this is already old news, forgive me, but, you know, it really is interesting to see the acting, and I use that word, acting President Zelensky of Ukraine wanting to nominate Marina Abramovic, really, as ambassador for Ukraine? I mean, do people not even know who she is or what she is? I mean, she's a spirit cooker. I mean, she Hillary Clinton learns under Marina Abramovic. And if you're not, again, if you're not familiar with who this individual is, I would highly suggest you do a basic Google research on her, and you'll find out all you need to know. It's not hidden. It's on Google. You'll find it. You might not find out everything, but, yeah, you'll find out enough. We will just say that she likes to engage in the practice of spirit cooking and witchcraft, as well as be a mentor to people like Hillary Clinton, uh, I, be I believe Bill Gates, and many others. I, I also believe, I want to say even, uh, what's that guy, the, the, uh, Epstein, Jeff Epstein, I believe too. I do believe so. And just not that long ago, we witnessed on the world stage... <laughs> We saw Canadian Parliament honoring a 98-year-old Ukrainian immigrant who fought against the Russians in World War II. What, what was his name? Yaroslav Onka. He fought with the Nazis during the Third Reich as part of the 14th Waffen, uh, uh, you know, uh, a.k.a. the SS Galinka. There were standing ovations for literal Nazis. It took place, and now... <laughs> And now they are receiving heavy scrutiny and rightfully slow, right? Because additionally, you got mainstream media out there who simply cannot ignore this story. I mean, because it, 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 I mean, look, it's on the world stage. And therefore, their coverage is waking up or at least beginning to wake up the masses, right? By the millions with stories like this. Look, I, I'm going to revert back to the crazy mindset and the psychotic, you know, the psychotic view of the left. Because the left and their lapdog media just spent the last seven plus years calling hundreds of millions of normal people like you and I Nazis for supporting Trump, right? And, and, and for opposing psychotic globalist policies. But when they honor a literal Nazi war criminal, they expect us to believe that it was, oh, it was just an accident. Uh, <laughs> it was just an accident. Let's listen to this. This uh, I think I have it here. Let's listen to this. Uh, let me scroll down to it real quick on my phone. It's 42 seconds. It's, um, I call baby Castro, but it's uh, Justin Trudeau. Let's listen to his explanation about what happened there at Parliament. Let's give this a listen to. Obviously, it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker, speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake. 
uh, and has apologized. Uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and by extension to all Canadians. Uh, I think particularly of Jewish MPs and all members of the Jewish community across the country who are uh, celebrating Yom, or commemorating Yom Kippur today. Uh, I think it's going to be really important that all of us push back against Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation, and continue our steadfast and unequivocal support for Ukraine uh, as uh, we did last week with announcing uh, further measures to stand with Ukraine in uh, Russia's illegal war against it. Shut up, baby Castro. Oh my gosh, I can't even take it. You know what I think is happening here? I think what's happening here is a public, uh, again, that drip, drip flood of awakening the masses. Okay, literally, they honored a Ukrainian socialist, right? A Nazi. And in, in, in his, I just, I, I have no words, but you guys know that Justin Trudeau, he's like baby Fidel Castro, right? Like you guys know he's the off, offspring of Cuba's Castro. I don't know if you guys knew that little love baby, but now we find out that the Canadian speaker of the house, Anthony uh, Rhoda has resigned in the wake of the Nazi scandal. And Rhoda will take the fall, of course, to save face for Trudeau. However, this is not just one person's fault, but many, many hands went into, you know, the vetting process with all this. So this was not an accident. You need to keep that in mind because the recent not Nazi scandal here that that kind of occurred on the world stage and on the news, it should not be seen in isolation, but rather as it is part of a broader concern regarding, you know, again, Western liberalism which some believe shares disturbing parallels with Nazism. Why? Because, you know, mass propaganda, you know, propaganda, the suppression of journalists and scientists, their claims of forced medical experiment, you know, experimentation, their concerns over secretive biological research and the, uh, the, uh, the accusations of arresting political opposition and the ambitions of global, hege you know, he um, he hege uh, he hegemony. And critics argue that these traits are indicative of the same totalitarian ideology, just under a different name. It's important to note that some contest the, contest the notion that Nazis were right-wing at one point. They, they argue that Nazis were, in fact, socialists, as evidenced by their full name, right? The National Socialist Worker Party, right? They emphasize that Nazi support for extensive government control, even in the private sector. See, the association of Nazism with conservatism, they claim, is a result of historical revisionism. Oh, okay. Okay. And furthermore, there's a belief that this narrative serves the interest of the left, drawing parallels to how the left has been accused of misrepresenting the history of the KKK and the Southern Democrats and yada, 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 yada. I tell you, it's just the garbage that is coming out is quite comical, but also at the same time, it is amusing because it is waking more people up to what's going on. It is getting people to start, hopefully to start using their brain, their brain cells and start thinking a little bit and hopefully make them wonder, oh my gosh, like what in the heck have I been believing and have I been feeding into? See, 
the current political landscape often described as theatrical performance, I think seems to be awakening many people out there who were previously unaware of certain significant events, right? Like what Destry was saying, right? They're, they're unaware that, that Trump is technically in his second term, right? People don't have, most people don't understand how that works and why. See, people don't understand the, you know, the, 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 the authenticity. Uh, how do I want to say this? I'm like losing my brain and my thoughts. Like when you tell people that Biden is not really president and his inauguration was actually really a military funeral, it blows their minds. And they're like, no, no, there's no way. There's no way. How? They have, like these people have no idea of the different happenings of the ongoing worldwide military operations, right? And with many people asserting that, again, you know, people people have no idea that Donald Trump still has a heavy-handed role within the military as commander in chief. But again, you have to look at the actual facts. You have to look at the actual evidence, as well as pay attention to the executive orders that Trump put into place. It's very evident that Trump still yields power. At the behest, this is important, at the behest of the American people via the 21 requisitions issued by the Assembly of States, namely the MGJA. And Oscar is absolutely correct in this. Revisionists always try to change their history and hide the truth. Hence, book burning, right? And scrubbing the Internet and censorship of truth tellers. I agree with Nancy. Shouldn't this actually be continue, uh, be considered a continuation of his first term? I think so. That's just me personally. But, you know, as the public witness, as the public witnesses rising inflation and perceives questionable actions by politicians and a growing frustration is evident. Notably, the discussion surrounds political impeachment of Joe Biden, right? Like, that's the thing that's hitting the news now. Oh, and what, what's his name? That one guy from, uh, was it, from New York that, that pulled that fire, that, <laughs> that pulled that fire alarm thinking it was a door, a door opener? Really? Get the hell out of here. You know the difference. If you think a fire alarm is a handle to open up a door like those handicap buttons right for people in wheelchairs obviously big color difference all right one's red one's blue but if you can't figure that out how the hell are you in congress i mean seriously now while the main objective is not his removal there, it's suggested out there that it's an opportunity to shed light on what they view as deep state corruption, right? All the, all the corruption and stuff that's happening with Hunter Biden, right? And their, their dealings with China, right? It's basically a red pilling of sorts to the oblivious public. And the idea is to awaken people to various strategies used by the deep state such as those employed by the intelligence agencies, right? Like the CIA, right? For their global influence and control. And according to some, a comprehensive cleanup can only begin once Donald Trump returns to office. Destry was just, he actually said something very interesting. He says, Trump will have four terms. First two terms were the stolen diamonds. And then he says, remember the signs that kept going by Trump showing the next hundred years, four at a time. 
See, while in part all this is true, right, there still has to be a cleanup underway as we speak, and there's a lot of cleanup. And so with all that cleanup, yeah, we're definitely going to have to have some good, solid leadership, right? Because this will only increase as people begin to regain or recognize the true power and the authority that we hold if we wield it properly. So anyway, there's just there's so much going on there. there, there there's so much happening. You know, it, there's a lot. I mean, there's so much. I have so much more that I could cover in my notes. But the, there's something else, too, that I think is very noteworthy before we end this show. All right. I think this is very noteworthy. Um, sorry, I was just reading. Between the year 2017 and 2021, did you know that over a thousand banks have closed down? A thousand banks. And the Federal Reserve put out a notice not that long ago, I think about a week, week and a half ago stating that over 300 jobs will be cut within the Federal Reserve. Hallelujah with that, huh? Yeah. 300 jobs. The crowd definitely goes wild on that. There's no doubt about that. 300 jobs. I thought that was awesome when I saw that. And between now and 2026, we will see a large portion of physical bank branches, I think, close down as some major banks push to automate their their banking services online to save money and overhead and employee expenses. Why do you think this could be, ladies and gentlemen? Why do you think this could be? I don't know. I'm just spitballing here and taking a shot in the dark here for a moment, but Could it be that we are witnessing a systematic shakedown and destruction of a corrupt system that has been weaponized against us for decades? I do believe so. I don't know. But what I have noticed in my travels on a daily basis in my semi is an increased construction and establishment of credit unions with physical locations. This, I believe, is very interesting to take note of, too. So while banks are closing down left, right, and sideways across this land, I'm seeing credit unions rise up and being expanded upon. Now, that is a very interesting you know, thing to, to kind of take notice to. Now, lastly, and I know we went you know, long today, but hey, first live back, I had to do it. Like I said, not every night's going to be a live. They might just be drops, right? Um, just depends on what I got going on because I've been extremely busy. But lastly, I also don't, again, I mentioned this in passing earlier in the show, but I don't want to forget or overlook that, remember, on Wednesday, the day after tomorrow, FEMA and the FCC, they'll be conducting a nationwide alert test to all devices on Wednesday on October 4. This would be the same alert that a president would use. Okay, it used to be called the presidential alert, I think. They don't call it that anymore. I forgot what the official term is or what they call it, but... Um, it used to be, it's the alert that the president would use to alert the public of an imminent threat to the country. Now there was a video. I posted it on telegram. I, I think I texted it to Destry even, but I posted it to telegram 
it, it was a commercial that was produced in 2009. In 2009. And it was produced by FEMA. Now, what exactly are they trying to get us prepared for? Listen to this clip. It's exactly one minute. Listen to this. And then I'm going to go and, and I'll, and like I said, it's posted on Telegram, but we're going to go over a couple of uh, visuals, even though this is kind of like radio in a way. We're, I'm going to talk about some of the visuals in this, in this video, this one minute clip, and what it could possibly symbolize. But listen to this. What if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if everything familiar becomes anything but? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed today. Learn how at ready.gov. Yeah, I really thought that was quite interesting. Um, like I said, um, I'll, po I'll post it again or I'll forward it so it's kind of down at the bottom of the feed on Telegram. In fact, let me see if it... But, um, I'll do that when I get off the air so I'm not wasting time. But I'll, like I said, let me just go over a few visuals of this video. And then I want you to go back and, and, and check it out on my Telegram. It's very interesting because I think they've strategically placed certain things and in, in how they did this video. They place certain uh, visuals as, I think, a symbolism for certain things to come. So, for example, <coughs> excuse me. Again, keep in mind, this commercial was done by FEMA in 2009. So, again, what are they really trying to get us ready for? Because remember, they're doing that alert test on Wednesday in conjunction with the FCC. Now, this is just my simple mind working here. Okay, this is just my little simple mind. But in the very beginning of the video, there is a, a it, it, um, what do you want to call it? A shot of, the, of a dinosaur, right? A toy dinosaur, like a kid's toy, a dinosaur. In the video shot, in the very, very beginning. Now, that could possibly mean a sudden extinction, extinction level event. Maybe. I hope not. That would suck. Right? That would absolutely suck. Uh, I actually like what uh, that dude Sean said here. He said, uh, sounded manipulative, emotional damage, piano in the background. I do agree with that. I do agree with that how they how they play that instrument in the background because it does kind of lead to that right that emotional distress right getting you fearful um there is a point in the video where a silver fork comes into focus at the very beginning i think indicating an obvious you know an obvious disaster in the monetary system right silver the rise of silver Money will die, silver, silver and gold, right? Precious metals will rise. Then there was a, uh, a scene where there was three candles with one tipping. 
Now, this could possibly indicate the Twin Towers in Building 7. I don't know. I, I really don't know. But the one that I thought was noteworthy were the eggs. So there was a bunch of eggs because the whole purpose of this video, everything in, the, in this home was being flipped upside down. And things were just getting tossed all over the place, right? All over the place. So the eggs coming out of a basket and flying in the air could possibly be a symbol for goodbye retirement accounts, right? Say goodbye to your nest eggs, right? Oh, I like what Destry said. The fork could also mean a choice, like a fork on the road. You have a choice to make. That's a good one, too. Ah, I never thought about that, Oscar. See, this is why the meeting of the minds is so good. The three candles, yes, that could also mean the three nation states, Vatican City, D.C., and London. I never thought about that. That's a good one. But they place these things, these visuals, strategically. Then there is one part in this commercial where a TV crashes down. Now, that to me seems like, ah, there'd be no more communications. Very interesting. And the last thing that I noticed in that, that FEMA commercial was the clock on the wall. Now, this, again, this is all speculation, but I find it interesting, some of the visual aids that they put in this commercial, because the clock on the wall for that commercial showed 6.10 as it falls off the wall. Now, could that possibly refer to June 6th or, excuse me, June 10th? Or if you reverse it, could it be October 6th, right before an election in 2024? I don't know. But I know one thing for sure, the bad people out there definitely don't want Trump to win. Right? Like, they don't want, they don't want Trump to win. But pay close attention. Like I said, they sparked COVID, you know, COVID-19 in 2020 and the burning down of America during that election year. You don't think they're going to try some crap again next year? Oh, of course they will. Of course they will. And, you know, that's just they, they don't they don't want the people to rise up. They don't want Trump back in power. They don't because they know that the people recognize Trump as the leader right now. I'm just reading here, Destry was saying, some stuff's supposed to go down in four days on the 6th. Heads up. Hmm, that's interesting on Friday. Two days after the FEMA test. Hmm. Well, anyway, I guess we will, I guess we will continue to, to watch and, and uh, you know, stay vigilant, right? So... But anyways, folks, but uh, that's all we got for today for episode 610, part B. Uh, again, beyond smoke and mirrors, I do appreciate you guys being here with us. And and uh, sorry for being gone for so long. Like I said, it's been a challenging time, but um, we will persevere. Well, we, will, we will get through all of this. So I hope you all have a great day, great night, wherever you're at in the world. And uh, just remember, keep your eyes on Christ. He's got you always. God bless, ladies and gentlemen.
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go
Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. We'll see you back here next time.